You're not gonna say it Somebody should Let's talk about two time Let's talk about bum one, yeah Asking the questions That nobody could Everybody, welcome to uh, this show. Uh, I'm Pete. You know, we're at the time of year where I always get some papers in the mail, and they're made to look very official because I, I am the owner of an LLC. Okay, I'm, I'm an important businessman. Uh, very important. My time is valuable, and uh, therefore I get these documents. So every year when you have an LLC in this state, I, I assume it's like this in other states, but I don't know. I mean, for all I know, if you have an LLC in Indiana, they're like, I don't know, file paperwork like every 10 years. We don't really care. Um, but my guess is you have to do it every year because it's a pretty easy way for the state to get 25 bucks. Right. Basically, I go online and it's like, here's all the info you put in. Is this still true? And then I say yes, and then they're like, great, pay us $25, and, um, you know, that's that. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that I'm like, government is kind of a scam, isn't it? Because you're like, shouldn't I pay 25 Like, how much does it cost for you to keep this, to just not change this record? You know what I mean? I could even, I can go so far as to be like, hey, look, I get it. Like, you need me to go online and check a box once a year. But uh, $25. Or, you know, like uh, when you go get your, your tags for your car and they're like, that'll be 80 bucks. And you're like, seriously? I mean, like, I went and got the, the test and passed the test and uh, the emissions or whatever. And it's like, everything's fine. And then they're like, okay. Well, you owe us $80. And I'm like, okay, for that, I guess. Seems seems a little ridiculous. You know what I mean? It seems a little bit like uh, if you owned a restaurant and you had to pay for the health inspector to come. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, isn't this something the government's doing in order to like keep people safe? But should I have to do that? Should I have to pay for the, the cleaning the ongoing cleaning that keeps this clean, as well as paying for someone to check that I'm cleaning. Um, anyway, but then it gets even worse because I get these very official looking things, right? And they're about my periodic report. And, you know, they, they use, whoever did this graphic design wise did a great job because they make it look very, um, very much like a government form, like the fonts and the places it's bolded and stuff. Um, it looks just like a tax form or something. And what it is, is these services uh, send you letters and they're basically like, hey, your per periodic report is coming up and you're required to do your periodic report, right? And um, they don't say it this way. I was a little confused by this the first time I got these. And they don't say it this way, but what these are is 
this business is saying, you have to do this periodic report. Um, and so what we'll do is file it for you, you know, if you pay us, uh, which is insane because the, the actual report costs $25 to do myself and takes two minutes or I could pay $110 to this service. And let's see this one. What do they want me to pay? Uh, $150 to do this. Pretty amazing. Um, so I think, well, I don't think. I know these are a scam, right? These services are a complete scam. Because what they're trying to do is scare you, right? They're trying to make you think like, holy shit. This is a report I need to do, and uh, the one that I got of these two is definitely trying to trick me into thinking it is from the state, you know, and that it's uh, it's even got, like, Colorado revised statutes in here and stuff, but it does have one thing where it says, uh, BCS is not a government agency and does not have authorization from any governmental agency to provide this service. The state of Colorado periodic report can be filed directly through the state for the statutory $10 fee. So it's $10. It's not even $25. So this place has it wrong, but whatever. Um, I decided that this year I'm going to give these businesses a little bit of shit because I don't want them to send me this crap anymore. And also because they're wasting my time. And also because I think they're overvaluing their time. I mean, $150 to do this, right? So the one I'm going to have to email and let them know that they have their state of Colorado periodic report fee incorrect and that I'm really concerned about this. And uh, the email I'm sending them informs them that for a fee of $10,000, I will happily correct the files uh, that they're the template they're sending to everybody. You know, uh, they could probably just do it, but if the if they choose to pay me like ten thousand dollars to do it, I'm happy to do it. Also, this one comes from Princeton, Florida, which is kind of interesting, I guess. Um, this other one, I'm gonna have to call, and I was gonna call on here today. This one's in Lansing, Michigan. Um, but my plan is to call them and let them know, hey, I got this very official-looking form, but it's all in Spanish. Because the backside of the form is in Spanish. Even though, um, you know, the name of my LLC is clearly in English. You know, and I, helpful snowman. I mean, I don't know why you would have that in Spanish. Uh, whatever. But uh, I'm going to just call them and be like, I, I'm confused. Like, this is just all in Spanish. And uh, <laughs> we'll see what they say. It, they'll probably be like, if this guy is so dumb that he didn't think to flip it over, this is a, this is a good fish on the line here. Anyway, so I guess we'll get to that next time, hopefully. Um, I... Went to jury duty. This is my second time going to jury duty in my life. The first time I went and, uh, well, I'll run you through the process. Okay. 
uh, as it as it went last time, and then then we'll talk about this time. But so last time I went, and um, you basically you show up at you know like seven forty five in the morning. Well, you know what? I'm gonna run you through this time, and then then we can go back if we need to. So you show up at seven forty five in the morning at the courthouse, and you know the you get this little card in the mail, right? And it's like, check it like after 3 p.m. the previous day to see if you have to actually show up or not. And inevitably you get on the website and it's like some people have to come and some people don't. Now, I was pretty sure I would end up going because the thing is I had uh, postponed my jury duty service because I was initially supposed to go the week of my birthday, which was a week I had taken off of work. And was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, I take off, you know, two weeks out of the year, probably. And one of them, they're like, guess what, fucker? So I was like, oh, you can request a postponement for a vacation. So I did. And they were like, all right, well, we'll see you the week after Thanksgiving. And that's what made me think that I would probably be asked to come. Because it's like, uh, well, asked. Asked is kind of a interesting way to phrase it I figured I would be asked to come though because I was like chances are most people who get a jury duty summons for the Monday following Thanksgiving weekend are gonna be like "Mm, can I postpone this you know what I mean that's what I would think so I was like "Eh, I think I'm doomed and sure enough I looked at 3 p.m. the previous Friday and it was like yep doomed So you show up at 7.45. Now, when you get there at 7.45 in the morning, you wait outside. Well, when you get there at 7.40 in the morning, you wait outside. And it is fucking freezing. I mean, you know, it's winter in Colorado. And it was particularly cold that day. And there's a whole bunch of people waiting outside because, you know, people get there a little early. Because most of the card that you get in the mail is concerned with where you can and cannot park. Which is crazy. Because I'm like, why don't you just put with this card a parking pass or something? You know what I mean? And just be like, park wherever downtown. And uh, if you hang this from your rear view or put it in your windshield, then the parking enforcement knows that you're in jury duty. Because I'm like, listen, I'm here for jury duty. Okay, I'm not here to have fun. I'm not enjoying myself. Like, and I'm here like serving the county or whatever. So couldn't couldn't we say like, hey, these parking spaces, you know, normally you have to a two hour limit. But if you're here for jury duty, cut me some slack. You know what I mean? This is like the first of many things that I'm like, couldn't we just cut some slack to everyone showing up for fucking jury duty? It's like you got to show up early as hell. But they could at least be like, you know, we could just do this. I don't know what it is with like. Certain entities and parking. Colleges and universities are like this too. Like parking enforcement at colleges and universities is insane. You know, they're like, well, you know, welcome, welcome to this university. We want this to be a wonderful, welcoming environment for you. And we've got all these services for you. And like, we want all the, we have all these enrichment activities for you. And we've got all this, you know, you can eat here. You can go to the doctor here. You could do this. This is your new home. And then every every department and every person at the university is like that. And then you get to parking enforcement and they're like, 
don't even fucking think about it. If you're thinking that, you know, the exorbitant amount that you've paid to go to this school entitles you to leave a car somewhere, you're out of your fucking mind, sir. I like I get it. If you if you're going to college, you know, in uh Manhattan or in like downtown Chicago, it's like, yeah, of course. You know, they they probably don't have a ton of parking, so they have to limit it in some useful way. Um, you know, and also it's like, well, I mean, if you live in Manhattan, you probably don't need a car. But I'm like, when you live in Colorado, you need a car. Like, that's just the way it is. It's It sucks to live here without a car. You're going to have a, a rough life. So, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, can't you just fucking, can we just calm down on the parking? Or like, you know, I don't know. If If you're not going to let people park there... Maybe, like, have a really great public transportation system. You know, if there, if you have a great system that really works, it's like, all right, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Charge people for parking. It's a luxury. But I'm like, eh, you, you pretty much have to do it. Anyway, so, you know, you park. So every, a lot of people get there pretty early because um, I got there at probably 730 for a 7.45, uh, you know, call time, let's call it, <laughs> for my big show. And um, so everybody's just standing outside freezing their ass off. And it's like a bunch of old people, you know, and you're just like, you're making this fucking grandma stand out here in like 20 degree weather, you know, no sun, just to like, just because. Because, you know, they don't open until 7.45. So it's like that horrible thing where they're like, be here at 745. Do not be late. But also, don't be early. They don't specifically tell you don't be early. And I guess, you know, nine months out of the year, it's probably not a big deal. I mean, if you showed up 10 minutes early in July, it's like, eh, fuck it. You know, you can stand outside. It's not a problem. But in November, late November, it's kind of different. So they finally open the doors and everyone kind of goes in. But... The way they've set up the sort of jury intake situation, you have to go through a metal detector, which is fine. You know, that's not like a big deal. Although I'm a little bit like, um, let me get political for a second. Okay. So at the library, uh, where I work and nearby libraries, it's been established through a lawsuit that you cannot forbid people from carrying firearms into the library because they're like, hey, it's a Second Amendment right. The library is not a private business, right? So, you know, we can't we can't tell people they can't bring guns in if the state law says they can bring in a gun, which I'm like, okay, but how come they can bring in guns to the law place where they like make and debate the laws? I can't bring a gun to be on jury duty. You know what I mean? It's like, well, listen, I'm just bringing a gun because that's my right. And I'm on the jury. I'm not on trial. So, you know, what's the difference? What's the fucking difference? But anyway, so I go through, uh, well, obviously the difference is like, well, these are laws we make for you, not for us. (laughs) I mean, there you go. So the way they have this set up is you go in the front door, but then the metal detector that you walk through is about 20 feet away from the front door in a straight line. 
what this means is everybody lines up and about five people are actually in the building where there is some heat. And then the rest of us are still outside and waiting outside. Um, and you're waiting for people to take off their belts and their hats and their coats and, you know, all this shit, which is like understandable because I'm like, it's not like the airport. The airport's always frustrating to me because I'm like, maybe take off your coat and your hat and your belt before the last moment that that's an option. You know what I mean? Be kind of ready. But this, I'm like, yeah, you're standing outside and it's fucking freezing. Of course you're not going to have your coat off yet. I, that would be crazy to do. But then the really frustrating part was, so we're all waiting in this line. And this old guy towards the front of the line who's in the building uh, starts turns around and starts talking to everyone behind him in line. And is like, hey, if we kind of uh, go along the edge of this room once you come in. So you come in the front door, you take an immediate left and just follow the wall. You can kind of create this... Uh, you can just go along the perimeter of the room. And he's like, if we do it that way, I think almost everybody could probably be inside, you know, and we could at least most of us be warm and waiting inside. And, you know, so we all did and it was great. And then, you know, more people showed up and got in line and didn't and, you know, were confused and were waiting outside. And I was like, okay, wh whatever. My point is, why the fuck don't the people who work there do that? You know what I mean? These two two guys opened the door and there were like five people inside, you know, managing the line, which was dumb because I'm like, listen, this is not a difficult line to manage. These are all people who essentially voluntarily showed up at this place. We're on time. You know what I mean? And we like we know we're going through a metal detector. What's to manage here? This is not like a sensitive. This is not a line that's going to erupt into chaos. It's just, it's just like we've all accepted our fate, right? And that's kind of like the theme of jury duty for me is like, uh, listen, we've accepted our fate. We know what we're in for. Let's just uh, let's just all move on. So, you know, I was like, how come nobody who works here is like, OK, we're going to open the doors. What I want everyone to do is take an immediate left and line up along the perimeter of the room which will allow us to uh, get everybody inside where it's a little bit warmer. Now, I keep saying it's a little bit warmer because, so, you know, I go through the metal detector and whatever. Um, and then I'm sitting, you, you go into this room and sit. Uh, there's basically three sections of, I don't know, 50 in front of uh, three big TVs. And you just kind of sit there in like, you know, standard meeting room type shitty chairs and uh, uh <sighs> you, you go through and you sit down and it's just like I'm sorry I lost my train of thought I'm just like every time I think of something I'm like oh and this thing oh and this thing it's like when I use Microsoft Excel I was just complaining. So Poonmaster Flex is a big fan of Microsoft Excel, and I am not because I think it's so unintuitive. And I was using it yesterday, and I was like, I get annoyed by a thing, and then I'm like, oh, I got to remember this so I can tell Poonmaster Flex. I don't know why. Like, It's not like eventually I'm going to come across the Excel thing that makes her say, you know what? You're right. 
this is a shit software. I'm never, it's never going to happen. My beef with Excel in brief is that uh, other Microsoft software like Word or PowerPoint or whatever, right? It's got a low floor. You can basically get in there and make something super simple and it's not that hard, right? Like if you just wanted to make a PowerPoint and you're like, look, I just need to make 10 slides. I need them to show a couple graphics or like a graph that I have or something and a little bit of text and that's it. Um, that's not going to be difficult for you to do. If, you, if you're basically familiar with essential computer operations and you've just never used PowerPoint before, you'll be able to do it. If you want to get on Word and you're like, look, I just got to type a, a quick letter to somebody, it's not going to be very difficult for you. If you get on Excel and you're like, I want to do a basic function, it's not going to be easy. And one of the things I came across yesterday was so you can freeze panes. So let's say you've got a really long spreadsheet. I, I've been keeping a spreadsheet this year of new albums that I've listened to, right? And at the, the top row is like album name, uh, listened to it, and I checked that off. It's like, I really liked it. I'll check that off. And there's a third one that says, should listen to more of this band. Because basically I've decided... Uh, that, you know, I'm like, there are some that I really like, so obviously I want to listen to more of them if available. But also there are some that I'm like, you know, I didn't really dig this, but also there's something there. And so maybe I should try another one. You know what I mean? And see like, yeah, maybe this other album will work for me. So I wanted to, and you know, this is like 150 rows long at this point. Because I also, whenever I come across something that I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try that. I'll try this. I think of something. I'm like, I'll try that. I add it to the list. So I'm scrolling down, but I want to be able to see that top row of what, what the columns are, right? I want to see like, am I putting the, the check in the right column or not? So you freeze the panes. Something, and that's how you make that happen. Something I discovered is, so let's say you're not freezing the top row because you've got a row in the middle. Um, I was doing a statistics thing for work and I've got a middle row. And the thing with this middle row is that it, I had to change gears in the middle of the spreadsheet because the data available to me changed outside of my, you know, control. So I was like, I need to freeze these panes. So I selected them and said, uh, you know, you can go to the freeze panes menu and it gives you an option that's like freeze panes at this spot. Cause it'll say like freeze top row freeze at this spot. Um, and I was like, okay, freeze at selection. But what it does is freezes the row just below it. Um, so it doesn't actually freeze the selected row. It freezes an adjacent row. And I started explaining this to Poonmaster Flex and she's like, oh yeah, how it'll freeze the, the next row. And I'm like, yes. And I was like, that's fucking crazy. Like who would, who would select a row and then be like, when I say freeze it here, what I mean is freeze it next to here. That makes no fucking sense. None. Nonsense. That's nonsense. And, oh, okay. I, train of thought has returned. So I get, I'm sitting, seating in the, sitting in the room and I was dressed warm because I, you know, knew I would be outside, but also because I tend to dress warm when I go to things like this, because I'm like, you just don't know. 
You don't know if it's going to be fucking freezing. Um, ever since probably almost 20 years ago at this point, I went to a library conference and it was horrible experience all around in so many ways. But one of the ways that it was really bad was it was in this shitty hotel uh, and this shitty hotel motel is the M for mm, not as nice. <laughs> What's the difference between a hotel and a motel? What's the M stand for? Mm, it's not quite as nice. Um, so I'm in this motel and they have a huge uh, bay door in the hallway of the sort of conference area, you know, where there's some different auditoriums and conference rooms and stuff. Bay doors open all day and it was so cold. I mean, it was fucking really cold. And so when you're in the hallway, it's like being outside, but he, of course in the conference rooms and stuff, it's also very cold um, because the, you know, the conference room doors are not designed to keep, each room at its own temperature. It's kind of like, eh, it'll pretty much replicate the outside temperature. I don't know why it was like that. You know, there was something wrong with the doors, obviously. Like at some point in the conference, they addressed like, there's something wrong with the door and we can't close it. And it's like a giant garage door, like for semi trucks to deliver things. My guess is this is a giant door that's put there. So when they have a conference, I don't know if, like big trucks are bringing stuff in for the conference. They can do that easily, which seems fine, except when the door gets stuck in the open position and you're like, holy fuck. So ever since then, I kind of try and dress warm because I'm like, you know, if you dress in some layers, you can take off some layers. So I'm wearing tights under my pants. I'm wearing like a hooded sweatshirt. I'm wearing a jacket. I'm wearing a hat. And, um... I'm sitting in this room after going through the metal detector and I'm like, man, it's, it's pretty chilly in here. Like for me, and I'm not a person who is cold very often. If, if I had to guess, you know, if I'm just walking into a situation and I'm like, do you think you'll more likely be cold or warm? I'll be like, probably warm. I'm probably going to be warmer than the other people who are there. I was a little chilly. And so, you know, after a lot of us are sitting in there, this lady comes in the room and she's like, so you might have noticed it's a little chilly. Uh, the boiler's broken and it broke over the weekend or last week. And we couldn't get anyone to fix it over the Thanksgiving holiday. So we've got people working on it today. But, you know, basically like, you know, it's probably going to be like 55 in here <laughs> in this particular room. So, you know, I'm sorry. And I was like, this is amazing. You know what I mean? Like, this is just, why not? You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, I, well, I dressed warm. I'm glad I dressed warm, but I'm like feeling for other people there. Cause I'm like, some of these people must be fucking freezing right now. Cause they thought jury duty was like an indoor activity, but today it's going to be a little bit more of an outdoor activity. in in a lot of ways, then we get to, uh, what I remembered from the last time, which is the video that you have to watch. Now, this video, they're like, okay, so we're going to play this video on here. Well, first they did the thing this year. Where they were like, okay, who didn't follow the directions for parking? Um, and this year, amazingly, nobody said anything. Now, 
this could have been a thing where it's like a lot of people didn't follow the directions, but because no one said anything, everyone just was like, I'm not going to be the one idiot. Last time I went, it was incredible. I think we spent 20 minutes of people discussing their various parking situations, which is crazy because there are the the parking could not be outlined more definitively. 90% of the jury duty card that you have to fill out and bring with you is about where to park. It's like, here's where you can park. And it's like, don't park somewhere other than this, you know, unless you are 100% sure that it's somewhere you can park. I remember last time, too, because this lady was like, okay, so if you have a, a vehicle, a large vehicle like a truck, it's Weld County. Lots of people are likely to have that. And she's like, if, it, if it's too long for the space you're in, um, you will get a ticket. So is anybody in that situation? And this guy was like, I am, but I have a handicap sticker, so it'll be fine. And she's like, it's not fine. And he's like, but I have a handicap placard so you know whatever and he's like I'm parked in the handicap spot and she's like yeah you can't park there you know I was like I guess this is the first time this guy is hearing you know a handicap sticker doesn't just mean no parking rules apply to you <laughs> like you can't just park on the lawn of somewhere and be like hey it's fine you know you gotta understand I gotta I got this I got this sticker lets me do whatever the fuck I want Oh, sir, you're parked on top of a child. Well, handicap sticker, so, you know, I don't take it easy on the guy. We spent so long doing that, and I was just, the whole time when I was at that service, I was like, you know, they say that, like, everyone's entitled to a jury of their peers. And if I was ever on trial, I think I'd want to be like, how many of these people had to repark? During the, you know, early part of the jury duty selection. Okay, those are not my peers. Okay, they cannot follow a simple direction. Uh, and they refuse to follow a simple direction. This asshole has a truck that's too big to fit in a parking space. Uh, these are not my peers. Okay? These are not my equals. I'm not a person who talks a lot about how great he is or anything. But I am willing to go as far as to say... Somebody who cannot follow uh, directions that are like, here are the two places you can park uh, on this street and in, in this parking lot and on this street in this parking lot. And that's it. And if they can't follow those directions or perhaps as some people did this time around, uh, maybe they were like, you know, I didn't follow the directions, but I'm just going to roll the dice and uh, deal with it myself. Which I'm fine with. If that's your attitude towards it, if you're like, you know, I'm going to just, I'll take my chances. I'm cool with that. That's great. You know, you're, you're good. You're a fine, fine human being. Anyway. So after, after the parking debacle, which this time went very smoothly, um, that's when you get to watch what I call the video of sort of questionable purpose and origin which I have pulled up here so we can go through it together. Um, so this is what happens. You sit in one of these three sections of chairs and they have three TVs and they're all hooked up to one DVD player. 
But because there are three TVs all playing the same thing in the same room at a pretty high volume, the sound is very uh, muddled. Because, you know, there's a very slight delay between some of the TVs. And, you know, they're not all exactly in sync. Um, but also, it's like coming at you in a weird stereo format. You know, it's like they got this fucking jury room. They've got this video. And, like, this lady walks in front of the room and is, like, explaining what's about to happen. And she's putting in a literal DVD that she takes out of a case. And I was like, you guys don't have a fucking digital video of this yet. You know what I mean? Like, what happens if she loses this DVD? Is it just gone forever? What happened? What is going on? I was like, I am not a, a technology guy. I have a TV that a flash drive will go into. How do you not have that? At this juncture. Um, so they put on this DVD. And you watch it. And like let's just get into it. You know and we'll discuss it a little more. It starts off with this very like people's court music. The Colorado Juror. I was somewhat anxious. This is Donna. And uh, the thing below her says juror. Which I'm like, no shit. No fucking shit. Everybody interviewed on this is a juror. I was like, isn't that where you would normally put like Donna, I don't know, housewife, accountant, uh, CEO of whatever, small business owner, something, something. I'm like, yeah, I understand in this context that she's a juror. It's a little like when you're watching a reality dating show. Um, one of my favorite things to do when watching like Love is Blind, let's say, the little thing comes and it says their occupation. And sometimes it's like a, a business owner. And I'm like, when you say business owner, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Because when it's a job, it's the game I play with, on these shows is job or not a job. Um, because, you know something comes across and it says flight attendant. I'm like, all right, well, that's a job. I know what that is. Uh, the, you know, this, this is a person who has health insurance. <laughs> this is a person who has like, uh, you know, times they are expected to be at a place doing a thing. And there's like, yeah, there's some kind of standard here. I, I understand what this is. And then sometimes it just says like, uh, business owner and I'm like all right but when you say that you know would that be me going on a dating show and if I lost my actual job and it's like well I mean I do own and operate an LLC it is a money losing proposition but you know I own a business I'm like is that a job though is it I don't know I uh, was interested in going. I had never been to uh, a, been on a jury before, but I had two small children at the time, and I was concerned about the amount of time it might take. I think everybody has. The this is Heather Dirk. Dirk. It's D I R C K. Uh, but you know, basically my name, I guess. I might be related to Heather, who's a juror. That moment of a little bit of internal eye roll when you get the juror summons in the mail. When I got the notice... The this is George Gartes, juror. 
that I was going to serve, my first thought, uh, of course, was, gee, am I going to be able to fit this in? How's this going to affect my work? Uh, how long is the trial going to be? Everyone is treated exactly the same. Now, this is Judge John Leopold, juror. Uh, something I come came to understand. So my previous jury duty, I ended up not being on the jury, even though I went pretty far into the process because I knew the... Uh, public defender personally, because I'd been on raft trips with uh, a huge group of public defenders for like three or four years running at that point. Long story, but basically it was a group of public defenders plus a couple others like me who were not public defenders. So I knew most of the public defenders in this town. It's not a huge town. And uh, as soon as we got in the, the jury room or the courtroom, and I saw, I was like, oh, that's Jim. Well, there's no fucking way I'm going to be on this jury, right? And last time the way it worked was uh, it was a domestic abuse case. So the judge slash attorneys were like, so here's how this is going to work. Because this is a domestic abuse case, we need to talk to anyone who's been involved in domestic abuse in any way. Whether you were a victim, a perpetrator, a witness, you know, whatever. And uh, all the people who are in that boat need to come and talk to the judge and the attorneys separately in the judge's chambers. So basically it was like, so raise your hand if that's you, if you need to come do that. And there were probably like 10 people who had to go in there. So the rest of us just fucking sat there for like an hour and a half, which I was like, couldn't you just put this on the jury card and be like, Hey, if you've done domestic abuse, if, if you've been involved in that, maybe put them in traffic court. You know what I mean? Like, just make it easier. Quit wasting everyone's time. So meanwhile, I'm sitting there the whole time, and I'm like, that's Jim Merson. Uh, we were in a raft together. I peed in that raft because, you know, I had to pee <laughs> and whatever. I, I've peed. That guy's probably been in my pee a little bit. It was like a two-person raft that, you know, is like, uh, imagine being in like a mesh bottom raft that's like, and there were huge rapids that were just like washing through it. So it's not like I peed in a bathtub that we were in together, but it's like if we went down a water slide together, I peed in that slide and it's like, eh, maybe, I don't know. So, you know, it's like, I don't know how close that qualifies me as being, but I was like, I don't think there's much chance I'm going to end up on this jury. Something I learned from the public defenders is that, uh, so they do the jury selection and it's like, I think each, the defense and the prosecution each get to throw out, I think, two people from the potential jurors just with no, it's like you get two freebies. And then you can throw out additional people, but you kind of have to make an argument for them. And they were all saying that, like, listen, attorneys, judges, whatever, they get thrown out always, like immediately, because nobody wants to deal with that. No one wants to deal with, like, uh, an attorney being on. You know, it'd be like if I was doing uh, marketing work for a marketer. Or like if I was uh, writing the newsletter and I just had an editor looking over my shoulder the entire time. It's like, ah, listen, why why go through that? So I question, I'm, I guess Judge John Leopold probably was on a jury. But I'm like, what the fuck were they thinking? 
him no matter what his or her station in life is. And, and that's why they have him in the video, right? To be like, oh, judges have to do jury duty too. And in this situation, I received a summons and I did exactly the same things as each and every other juror who receives a summons does. By the way, if they made this a digital video, like if they watched it on YouTube like I am right now, they could put it at one and a half speed. Though Here's the big disadvantage of doing it like just showing the YouTube video. I can see that this is 18 minutes and 44 seconds long. Which is both too long and too short. We'll get to that. We're about to see Ed Sardella. Colorado newsman Ed Sardella. If you if you lived here, if you grew up here, you know who Ed Sardella is. Um, and I was like, what did he get a fucking DUI? And they're like, well, do this jury video for us and you can get out of it. Welcome. And thank you for your time with this important responsibility. Okay, now I am understanding. Just having heard that snippet. Maybe it was not that the video was off on the monitors. It's like they have Ed Sardella in this giant empty courtroom narrating this. And the echo, the reverb in the room is huge. Like, why would you do that? Why would you? ...of serving as a juror. I'm Ed Sardella. We know this may not be where you'd like to be right now. You may view jury duty as an inconvenience and a disruption in your daily routine. You may. You might. I mean, it is like this is OK. This is what I'm calling sector one of the video content, which is basically saying like uh, they're trying to convince you like, hey, you know what? Like jury duty is not that bad or like maybe it's a it's a good thing even. And I'm like, uh, this is one of my pet peeves, regardless of what it is. You know, it's like um, whether we're talking about work whether we're talking about like me going to a, a an event that I don't really want to go to you know like with Poonmaster Flex or something and it's like listen guys like I'm cool with I'm here I came I'm here I'm not having a shitty attitude about it but let's not try and change my feeling about it you know what I mean like let's not try and make me it's, it's a waste of everyone's time, yours and mine, to try and be like, let's see if we can turn the way he thinks about this. Because you're not going to. I am going to feel about this the way I feel about things that I'm obligated to do and don't really want to do, which is like, uh, listen, I'm here. You've won the battle. Uh, making me think jury duty is like a good thing to do, like that I'm going to enjoy it or that there's like... Let's let's show the positive side of this. That is not the battle. The battle is that I came. I've done my part. I'm here. I'm participating. I'm willing. You know what I mean? I'm not like giving everyone here a bunch of shit. Let's just move on. It also may be somewhat overwhelming, not knowing exactly where you're supposed to be, what you're expected to do, and how the process works. This program will answer many of your questions and help you feel more comfortable as a juror. Okay, this is sector two of the information, which I think is like, it's outlining the basics of what's going to happen today, which is fine, but I'm kind of like, why don't you just send me a link to this video before? Uh, and then, like, when I get the summons, 
and I can choose to watch it. You know what I mean? I can just be like, all right, this seems like something that I should watch. Uh, I want to know what's going to happen. And then you could just put all that info in and it's like, you're going to show up. This is going to happen. Then this, then this, then this. You know what I mean? And I'd be like, okay. It seems like a also situation where I run into this at my work a lot. People are like, let's make a training video for this software. And I'm like, I mean, the software is basically a form that you fill out. And it's like got fields and all the fields are labeled. And it's like, you know, in order to work for this particular organization, this is something you have to be able to do. Like it's if you filled out the job application and resume, uh, it's pretty safe to assume that you're able to fill out something like this. Now, I can see having a very like a one sheet thing that's like, oh, here's how this field or here's what this field does or something. But to have a full video of me filling out each field is dumb. It's like, listen, we don't need to go that far. The truth is, by the end of this process, you may gain a greater understanding and appreciation of justice in America. Without you, this system won't work. Jury duty is a... And that's like back to sector one, right? Where it's like, without you, this system won't work. You are the most important thing here. I mean, that's why we had you stand outside in the freezing cold and now sitting in a room that has no heat. But like without you, this wouldn't work. And it's like, well, I mean, you're not really treating me like that, but okay. Responsibility that we all share. It's a foundation of American freedom. The framers of our constitution established trial by jury, and it's a vital part of our heritage. Okay, this is like, I don't know, another sector. This is a sector three, which I'm going to call useless information. You know what I mean? The framers of our constitution established trial by jury, and it's a vital part of our heritage. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I know this, and I'm sure some people might not know this, but like, whatever. I mean, who cares? The framers of our constitution, 200 years ago... Some guys had some ideas, and uh, now you're here, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I've, isn't jury duty just something, it's like, if I got a jury duty card and I was confused about it, is the right way for someone to explain it to me to go like, 200 years ago, this is what happened. More than 200 years ago, American colonists so cherished these rights, they fought to preserve them. Today, you're helping... Take that, the British. To preserve these same fundamental rights. You might be asking yourself. <laughs> Ed Sardella just did the like, you're helping, you know, these fundamental rights. Smile at the camera, walk off, and then cut to a different shot of him in the same fucking room, you know, walking into camera and then saying different things. Why me? Do I have to be here? Why can't it be someone else who doesn't have as many important things to do? How? Okay, this is part four, sector four, which is a lot like sector one of trying to change my feel or well, whatever. It's a lot like the other part of trying to change my feelings, but it's slightly different. And the slight difference is that what it's doing is this is the part I call the punishment portion, which is like. It's going to go over the excuses to not show up for jury duty. Or it's going to be like, um, 
basically I'm like, this is a video that you should watch if you didn't show up and now you are showing up and they want to be like, listen, fucker, you're supposed to show up for this. Or like, you know, <laughs> I remember back in the day, I have no idea if they still do this, but like uh, if Comcast caught you pirating things on the internet, it would be like your internet is your bandwidth is throttled and you have to watch this video about piracy in order to uh, restore your bandwidth. That's what this is like. It's like, shouldn't someone else who doesn't have important things to do this do it? And I'm like, I mean, I still, yeah, I kind of get that. But also I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking here. Like, what's the difference? Does it matter if I feel like I'm too important to do this? If I did it anyway, do you know what I mean? It's like, does it matter how I feel about doing jury duty as long as I do it? How long will this take? The selection process is completely random. Okay, so then we oscillate or just like flip right back into informational, you know, pre-showing up information that I don't really need. Your name was drawn from a pool that includes voter records, driver's licenses, non-driver IDs, and state income tax returns. Colorado courts use a jury system called one day, one trial. Okay, then this is the part that I was like, okay, this part's kind of important. And I felt like it was sort of poorly explained. And I was like, this is good information for me to know. This system assures there will be enough jurors and it helps make the process easier for you and also helps make the best use of your time. One day, one trial means you participate in the selection process for one day, or you may be assigned to one trial. The average trial in Colorado lasts one to three days. Okay, so then they skip to like, how long is a trial? But I'm like, one day, one trial, uh, it, and it's one day, comma, one trial. And I'm like, it should be one day, or one trial. So the way this works is you're, you get jury duty, you show up. And they'll keep you either for one day, and if you're not selected for a jury, that's your jury duty, right? The one day of selection process that doesn't have you go through. Or if you are selected, you're there for one trial, and it's the duration of the trial. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And, uh, you know, I get it, but like, it seemed like they, for being something that I was like, this is actually good information to have. They just kind of gloss right over that and go into the average trial lasts one to three days. If you are selected to serve as a juror, you will serve until the trial is complete. No fucking shit. Like, you know what I mean? Who thinks they're like, well, you know, I got on this jury and so I'll be there for the first week and then they <laughs> change out the jury and they do week two and then we all get together and, you know, fill each other. Like, what the fuck? In most counties, you can be called for jury service by the state courts only once in a calendar year. Some most. So I'm to understand that you can be called more than once a year. Now, I'm guessing this is probably for counties that don't have a lot of residents or something. But I mean... That would, that's terrible. That would suck. They should just make people come from more populated counties or something. Just be like, hey, listen, you gotta, you gotta go. You're going to have to commute a little bit for this jury duty. Sorry. 
People have been excused from jury duty or they've had their service postponed due to their personal situations. This is based on the criteria on the back of the jury summons. Now, okay, now he's saying some people may have been excused or had their service postponed. This is a video I'm watching as I'm serving jury duty, right? One day, one trial. I'm doing the one day part. And there, he's like, some people didn't have to come today. I'm like, who fucking cares? I don't care. Like, I'm here. Seems a little late for that, which I think he's about to say. If you're looking to be disqualified or have your service postponed today by the jury commissioner, it's too late. There you go. So why are you telling, why even tell me that? Why, why waste my time with like, oh yeah, I'm having, looking to have my jury duty postponed. And it's like, why the fuck would you show up for this then? Why would you come today and have it postponed? Like if you, if you need a postponement, wouldn't you not be there? And like, that's the mistake you made. You're like, oh, I didn't realize I was supposed to like tell them I wasn't coming or something. You know what I mean? Which is idiotic. But at the same time, it's like, hey, look, if I'm here, why would I be here? And then be like, I can't be here at this moment. However, if you still believe you have a valid reason to. I mean, I, I'm sure some fool has shown up and done that. Some dopey cement head has shown up and been like. Oh, you know, whatever. It's like this video is like when you read an HR, you know, manual or something and you're like, why do they have a specific rule against this weird thing? And it's like, cause one time someone did that and you're like, okay, but do you have to make a specific rule for each time somebody has done something? And do you have to subject all of us to all of them? <laughs> to be excused, you'll have the opportunity to speak to the judge. Jury service is your responsibility. But for those of you who are chosen to serve on a jury, think of it more as a privilege of living in a free society. That was like a, a one sentence mixture of those two sectors, right? Uh, it is your responsibility. Like, whatever. Which again, I'm like, this is punishment video content. I'm here. You don't have to tell me it's my responsibility. It doesn't matter if I agree with you or not. I'm here, so who cares? And then it's like, but think of it more like the privilege of living in a free society. I'm like, I mean, I don't think the Unabomber served on jury duty, did he? After all, you never know if one day you might want a jury for your case. Remember, today is a very important day for the parties in the case you will hear. Okay, now uh, we have, they have like a fake trial that I don't think we actually hear any of the people. But we've got what is clearly the defense which is a guy who looks like Jeff Foxworthy with a mustache and a, a goofy bow tie and his client who just, I, you know, I know I'm not supposed to think this, but just looks fucking guilty. He's like a bald white guy with an angry looking face and a, he looks very, he looks pretty threatening. And I'm like, is this like a test? Is this the first test? Like, do you go in and they're like, did you think that bald guy did it? And I'd be like, I mean, I know I'm not supposed to, but fuck yeah. That guy totally did it. You owe it to them to take your role as a juror very and We've got the prosecutor who's like a lady in a, uh, what do you call it? Like a blazer and a dress or something. Who Seriously. Okay, now it's types of juries.
In Colorado, you may be part of a three, six, or 12-person jury, depending on the type of case to which you're assigned. Three-person juries hear civil cases. Six-person juries hear misdemeanor cases involving more serious criminal charges. Six-person juries also hear more complex civil cases. And 12-person juries hear felony cases involving the most serious crimes. For many trials, one or more alternate jurors will also... Okay. So that part, I was like, I mean, this is new information. But also, I was like, if I walk into the courtroom and then, you know, the judge is like, okay, so we need a six-person jury for this. It's a misdemeanor. That's how it works in Colorado. Am I going to be like, wait, what the fuck? I mean... I thought it was 12 angry men. This is an outrage. You know what I mean? I'll be like, oh, great. Like, less likely that I'm going to have to be on this goddamn jury. Like, who cares? And also, I'm like, I mean, this is the first time hearing this information, but that tells me, like, eh, this is not important information for my life. Like, it's it's just fine. That's fine. You know what I mean? If, uh... If that's what it is in juries, I'm fine with that. We don't, we don't need to... You don't need to tell me about every possible thing that could happen at this juncture. I just got here. Also hear the case. Alternates are additional people who are chosen at random in the event another juror cannot serve. An alternate juror participates in the trial just like all other jurors until excused by the court. You won't know if you are the alternate until just before deliberations begin. Now this says the players. Who else will be in the courtroom? Let's start with the court staff. The judge who sits behind a desk called the bench. This is all information that I don't need. I do not need to know all of this. Like, who cares? Okay. One of the things that I thought being on jury duty this time is I was like, I think this video really could be split into parts, right? And just do different videos. Instead of showing me an 18, almost 19 minute video at the very beginning of the day with all of this stuff in it. How about you show me one that's like, okay, here's what's going to happen today. Here's what's going to happen next. Then if you are selected for a jury, we can do part two where it's like, here's the judge. Here's the court stenographer or whatever. Here's this. Here's that. And it's like, couldn't we do... Couldn't we do it that way? You know, and it's like, okay, it goes through. It's like the judge, the clerk, the court reporter, recording devices, a court interpreter might be there, the bailiff, uh, who might be a cop or might not, the defendant or defense. Okay, so I'm going to just skip by all that because it's like we don't need to go through each of those things. I have nothing to say about any of that. You know what I mean? It was funny, though, that it's like the court reporter and it's like that person was doing the, you know, stenograph. I don't know. What the fuck is a stenographer device called? Whatever. And then it was like, or there might just be a fucking microphone because it's 2023. So let's go to this uh, civil case. Plaintiff files the lawsuit. In a civil case, the defendant is the party who is being sued. The defendant may or may not be represented by an attorney. Generally, courtrooms are open to the public. Anyone who is interested may observe the proceedings. Okay, so whoever organized this video also, it's like a space alien did it. Like, whoever decided that in Microsoft Excel, freeze, uh, freeze these panes means freeze the adjacent panes, 
made this video because they're like, here's what a civil case is. You'll have a prosecution and you'll have a plaint you'll have a plaintiff and you'll have a defense. Courtrooms are open to the public, so people might just be there. And it's like that, that applies to all of these, right? Like, so why is that happening here? Everyone had such a feeling of responsibility. And we're, then uh, we're back to Donna just talking about how being on a jury was a goddamn enriching experience. Uh, a feeling that they wanted the right result to happen, that I think any typical personality problems that might arise didn't. People felt a responsibility toward the uh, court and the defendant. And there's always a little trepidation about you're going to... George Gartiz has an awesome radio voice. Like, I wish... He was doing this podcast. I'm not even listening to it. I'm doing it. And I'm like, I wish I could just, I should just put these down and then be like, George, what's your hourly rate to just like uh, repeat everything I say, kind of with the tone and inflection, but in your voice. I'd be up there and interviewed by lawyers and all this kind of stuff. But, but it worked more or less as I had hoped. And then we just go to the selection process. So basically it was like, here's who's in the courtroom and what a civil case is like. And then, you know, um, oh, also there might be other people in the courtroom. Oh, and like being on the jury, we got along. It was okay. Here's the selection process. <laughs> like, like I want someone to chart this out to be like, map this out for me on a piece of paper. Like how do these things go together? Shouldn't And shouldn't we do the selection process? Shouldn't that come before the like types of trial or whatever, you know what I mean? Who's going to be in the courtroom? Because if I don't get through the selection process, it doesn't matter who's in the courtroom. Also, by the way, I mean, who the fuck? Like, okay, so the jury selection part, when I was there for that part, there was nobody in the courtroom. I don't know if people are allowed to be or not. But then I was like, it's not like if someone was there, I would be like, Wait a minute. Is that person supposed to be here? Judge, please stop the trial. There's somebody in the courtroom who I don't recognize sitting at this table. Now, no one else at the defense table seems to have a problem with this. None of the prosecution seems to have a problem with this person having come into the courtroom. But why is this cop standing in the front of the room? Answer me that. This I'm probably the only person who noticed this. I'm sure that I don't know why. And it's like, oh, my God, he's been here for 25 years doing this. And it turns out he wasn't supposed to be here the whole time. Now for the selection process. As prospective jurors, you'll be chosen at random to Door sit either ours. in the jury box at the front of the courtroom or in the public seating area. If you are seated in the jury box or at the front of the courtroom, you may be asked questions by the judge and the parties. Everyone must listen carefully. So last time I was in the jury box... So it was like, well, you're headed towards jury town. But, you know, I was like, I know this guy. And so, like, the first question they asked after, you know, 90 minutes of interviewing people in private that we just all sat in silence while it happened. Um, the first question they were like, does anybody know anyone, either the defense, uh, the prosecution, the defendant, anybody? Uh, and I was like, yeah, I know Jim. And, you know, she was like the the prosecutor was like, do you think that, you know, him like in a way that would sway you? And I was like, no, I mean, I, I think I could be fair uh, regardless of knowing him. And she dismissed me anyway. And I was which was fair. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. 
But I was like, took all day to get there. To all of the questioning, your turn may be next. This questioning is called vor dire, which means to speak the truth. Super important that I know that. Super important that I know this, what, Latin probably? You know, it's like, oh, this is called vor dire. Oh, okay, which means to speak the truth. Oh, okay, great, great. What's the Latin term for when I go take a leak in the urinal? Is it different if I sit down? Its purpose is to help the judge and parties learn more about you so they can decide if you will be an impartial juror in the case at hand. You may be. Or, I mean, more realistically, from my point of view, will it, is it to see if you're impartial or is it to see if maybe I can, uh, maybe this one's a little partial towards me? And that would be great. Ask many questions about your personal experiences and opinions. If you feel especially uncomfortable answering a specific question in front of other jurors, you may ask the judge to let you answer it in private. However, you must remember you'll be under oath to answer all questions honestly, and your response becomes a part of the court record. In some cases, you may be given a written questionnaire prior to... So my response becomes a part of the written court record. So... If I had actually said I peed in a raft with Jim, that would be on the record. I wish I had uh, said that. You know, it'd be it's official court record that I urinated one time. For Dyer. There are two ways you may be excused. Challenges for cause and peremptory challenges. Challenges for cause allow the judge to excuse any number of prospective jurors for reasons specified by law. A peremptory challenge is... Okay, and see, they just say that. They're like... The judge can do it for any reason specified by law. And you're like, like what? What are you what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, what does that mean? When a party can excuse you without stating a reason. The number of peremptory challenges allowed can vary from case to case. Don't be concerned or embarrassed if you're excused from this jury. You may be Don't worry. I won't be. Be assigned to another trial where you may be a perfect fit. Once all challenges are complete, the jury is seated. The next phase of the trial is ready to begin. The jurors will now take a note. This fucking idiot just looked at the camera. This like nervous guy just like looked at the camera and then was like, oh shit, supposed to be pretending to take an oath. Promising to fairly decide the case. Okay, this is again, I don't need this information. You know what I mean? I'm like, this, this can wait until later. This is, again, this should be the video that you watch. Okay, so you've been selected for jury duty. Now you watch this five-minute video. And it's like, uh, yeah, there are different sizes. So if you're not on a 12-person jury, that's fine. You might be an alternate. That's fine. You're going to take an oath. You know, whatever. The judge will instruct the jurors on how to conduct themselves during the trial. This applies both inside and out of the courtroom. It's not unusual for the judge to place restrictions on you while you are a potential juror. Or right? Like, do I need to know this right now before I've been selected? I think there's like 130 people uh, in the room at the is like what they need in order to have the trials for the day. And then out of that, I can't imagine that, you know, how many possibly could be selected? Half, maybe? And so you're like, I mean, so... It's wasting more people's time than it's saving. Or while serving on a jury. For example, you may not be allowed to communicate by any means what is happening in the trial until... Okay, this whole part, 
by the way. It's kind of two different things that were a little alarming to me because on one hand, again, I was like, it, you, it might do this. It might be like this. And I'm like, well, maybe you could just wait until I'm on the jury because the per- they're going to have to explain this to me anyway. Right. Because if they're like, all right, so you're not allowed to communicate with anyone about this. And I'm like, OK, like, you know, um, now I know that. But they might not do that. And so why tell me about this could happen or it could not happen? Like, okay, so literally like anything, a thing could happen or it could not happen. But the other thing is we kind of get into some stuff here where it's like you might be allowed to take notes, but don't get so caught up in taking notes that you, you know, don't pay attention to the trial. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is this like the full extent of the education that we are receiving on how to do being a jury? Because I'm like, as far as that goes, this seems a little light for some folks. I mean, I'm like, I guess I the concept to me, the basic concept is like, we're going to listen to shit and then make a decision. But I'm like, is this the full extent of what we're going to learn about like what we're supposed to be doing? Because if so, I'm like, this seems really light uh, as far as like, we're at minute nine and a half. So we're like halfway through the video. And I'm like, if this is the entirety of the part that's like, so you're on a jury, here's, here's your response. Here's your job. You know, it's like, imagine getting a new job. Uh, and it's a, a kind of an important job because you're determining somebody's future in a pretty serious way. And they're like, we're going to show you a seven minute video that tells you how to do the job. Hopefully that's good enough. That seems pretty inadequate. The verdict is announced in court. This includes all forms of electronic communication, such as cell phones, email, text messaging, tweeting, blogging, internet chat rooms, or by way of any other social networking website, including Facebook, MySpace, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Remember that time someone blew a trial on LinkedIn? LinkedIn wishes that would happen. But, like, this is, okay, and this is, like, another governmenty thing or, like, HR manual thing that I'm just like, okay. When they're like, you can't tell anyone about the trial. This includes on Facebook. No shit. So, like, you're saying I can't call my aunt and be like, here's what's happening in this trial. It's amazing. But also I can't just put it out on social media where everyone in the world can see it. You're saying both of those things are not allowed. Okay. Look, if text messaging is not allowed about the trial, if I'm not supposed to just have a communication, like in-person verbal one-on-one chat with someone about the trial, I think it's pretty safe to assume that I'm also not supposed to post it on MySpace. You may not conduct any independent research, view or listen to media reports, or access any information via the internet or by any other means of research. You may not Google or conduct any internet search regarding this case, its participants, the type of case, definition of words used in the courtroom, or any related subject matter. That was the one I was like, I get this because, you know, if I Google stuff, like who knows what I'll find, right? But I was like, you can't look up the definition of words used in the case. So somebody's like spouting off war dire 
and I can't, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. And I can't look it up. So what do I do? Do I just like raise my hand and be like, what is that word? I, I'm, I got a really good SAT sc- or ACT score. Really important that I correct that. Because uh, this is vor dire, which means tell the truth. I don't know what that word means. Like, and I'm assuming most of the other people here don't know what it means. Maybe they do. Maybe I'm the biggest idiot on this jury. I have my doubts. I'm not someone who's really full of himself, but I have my doubts on that. However, I'm not allowed to like look up the definition of a word. If you have any type of electronic... Do not look up courtroom-style pornography. ...device with you, it must be turned off at all times while in the courtroom and during jury deliberations. The judge... I learned this last time I went to jury duty because I made the mistake of bringing a Kindle e-reader. And during the selection process, so in that first room where we're watching this video, I could be on a Kindle. But then uh, when we were in the second room, I couldn't use it. And I I even asked because I was like, this is an e-ink Kindle. It has no means of like, it, it doesn't have apps on it. I can't record anything. I can't take photos or video. It's like not connected. It's in airplane mode. Because otherwise I'll lose all my library checkouts that I've kept for like a year. Because if you check them out and then put your thing in airplane mode, they, you know, can't go back and they don't get taken back. And yet they're still available for checkout by anyone else who wants to check them out. Little library tip for you. So I still can't use this. And they're like, no. And I was like, awesome. And I was like, but you know, like this guy next to me has a fucking Apple watch and you're not telling him he has to turn that off. Okay, great. Judge will let you know that although you may notify your family and your employer that you have been selected to be a juror and how long the trial may last, you may not say anything else to them about the case until it's over and your service as a juror has ended. Oh, so I can tell my family that I'm going to be at jury duty? I don't just disappear into a dark hole? It's not like, well, you've been selected as tribute and like maybe your family will hear from you again or maybe it'll be like three weeks from now. Or like I go home that night and they're like, did you get selected for the jury? And I'm like, I can't say. I'm sorry. I'm just going to leave tomorrow and you won't know whether I'm going to work or jury duty. It's like, all right, well, we're, you know, now we're a month out from another trial because my uh, spouse has been stalking me because thinks I'm cheating because I told them something stupid. The trial process. There are many types of trials in which jurors serve. A criminal case is brought to trial by the government. It charges an individual accused of committing a crime. A civil case is a dispute between one or more individuals, groups, and businesses or government agencies. What can you expect when a trial begins? We'll use a criminal trial as an example, but keep in mind, there are many parallels between criminal and civil trials. Okay, so there are these different kinds of trials, but the way you behave and the way it goes on is pretty much the same. So it's a good thing that we told you that, because also I'm like, who cares? I'm like, if I'm on a jury, I'm like, well, I mean, this is like a dispute over who owns which, which land and it's a civil trial or it's a criminal because somebody trespassed on someone else's land. I'm like, what the fuck difference does that make to me? Like, I don't care. Each side may begin with an opening statement. 
An opening statement is to help you understand the evidence that a party anticipates may be presented during the trial. Jeff Foxworthy is back. If you get selected for jury duty, you might be a good citizen. The opening statements are not considered evidence. Next comes the presentation of testimony and evidence. Many times, witnesses may include experts in specific subjects. A great deal of information will be presented. Like, okay, they might bring an expert in uh, DNA or something to talk about that. Fine. Like, again, what am I going to do from the jury box? I'm going to be like, so you could just fucking call an expert? They, don't, they didn't even see the crime, Your Honor. What is this person doing here? This seems like a waste of my time. So you may want to take notes. Note paper is available, and you may be provided a notebook at the start of the trial. But don't get so involved in taking notes that you can't fully concentrate on the proceedings. Listen carefully to all testimony. So that was like, for those of you who've never been to middle school, you might need to take notes on what's happening. Notes are written words that you put on a piece of paper that help you remember things. Uh, but, you know, don't get so caught up in making notes that you don't listen to anything. It's like, the again, the person who's sitting there taking notes and is like just basically transcribing the whole thing and then leaves that day and is like, oh, my God, I have no idea what happened. And like my notes are a mess because I just started drawing dinosaurs flying airplanes. That's not my peer. A person who doesn't understand the fundamental concept of taking notes is not my peer. Okay? Uh, that's not somebody who I'm like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Somebody who's like, uh, I don't really understand. Why do people write things down? Like in a multi-day trial? I don't understand. Now, I don't remember everything that happened the first day. Can someone... Or like, you know, the juror who's in the deliberation process at the end and is like, can I copy your notes? Like, doesn't understand what notes are or what they're for. That is not my peer. Keep an open mind. The prosecution in a criminal case has the burden of proving the case beyond a reasonable doubt. In a criminal case, the defendant is presumed innocent. The prosecution will begin by calling... Okay, so... We were procedure, procedure, procedure. Here's how to take notes. And that one quick thing was like, okay, so in a criminal case, the prosecution has to prove the person did it and they're presumed innocent. And I'm like, that's not, that's not important enough to warrant more time and energy than just that. That seems pretty fucking important. It's first witness to testify and may introduce physical evidence. And then we're right back into just procedure. The defense can then ask its questions. This is called cross-examination. The prosecution can come back again with additional questions for clarification. This is called redirect examination. This process is repeated with every witness. During the trial, you may be allowed to submit written questions for a witness at the conclusion of each witness's... He's passing up a note. It probably says, do you like me? Checkbox, yes, checkbox, no. Testimony. Court personnel will collect any written questions and deliver them to the judge. Your questions will be subject to objections by both sides of the case. The judge ultimately decides which questions, if any, are allowed. Why? Why does it why don't they just be like, does the jury have any questions? And and they can be like, okay, if you have questions, this is the time. Um but 
tell the person on the witness stand, like, you don't have to answer these questions until the judge says it's cool. You know what I mean? Like, why <laughs> I'm writing it down. We're passing it along up to the judge like it's a big fucking secret. Like, who cares? After the prosecution has introduced all of its testimony and evidence, it rests its case. The same procedure is used if the defense presents a case. However, the defendant does not have to prove his or her innocence. Call anyone. Here's super guilty looking guy. He just, he has a mean face. He looks, he looks like every, you know, drawing of like a artist's rendition of a criminal. He's just, he looks like Russian mafia or something. He just screams Russian mob. Witnesses or introduce any evidence. Objection. He's got the shifty eyes. Leading the witness. During and they should be his his attorney should be like, keep your hands below the desk because they're giant and frightening. In the course of the trial, either I, I could just picture those hands slapping the shit out of somebody. Side may object to testimony or evidence. Most of the time, the judge will rule immediately. In some instances, the argument may require a private discussion outside hearing range of the jury. This discussion may take place at the bench, or you may be excused until the motion is heard. When both the prosecution and, and this is what's funny about jury duty as well, and like this whole video and this whole procedure, because it's like, okay, you might be excused, you might do it, this might happen, that might happen, this might happen, and it's like, look, I understand what this is, okay? The video should just basically at the beginning be like, here's what's going to happen today. You're going to get shuffled around a lot. And people are going to tell you to go to this place and sit here and do this and sit there and basically just do it. You know what I mean? No one's going to tell you to like enter an Iron Maiden and they're going to close it on you. Um, they're just going to tell you like sit in this area of this room or now we're going to move to this other building. Fine. That's fine. There might be parts where the judge says everybody needs to, you know, go in the other room so I can talk to the attorneys. Yeah, that's fine. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, look, you don't need my permission, so I guess just do it. I mean, who cares? Oh, what the fuck? And defense have rested their cases. The judge will instruct the jury on the law. That you might end up in what we call a rainmaker situation, where someone has entered a jury that they're not supposed to be on for the express purpose of swaying the trial. It must be applied to the case. Instructions can be both written and oral. They outline how the laws apply to the charges or claims. Then each side may make a closing argument. Like, okay, right? This is all like procedure stuff that I'm like, do I need this at this juncture? And then it's like, here's deliberations. Here's what you'll do. And I'm like, again, this is like, this seems important. You know, they're like, you'll talk over each decision and each piece of evidence and whatever. And then the, the different people talk about how that goes. Obligated to do so. Well, it was a terrific experience from my perspective because we immediately. This is Judge John Leopold, who looks like uh, he would be friends with Ben Franklin or something. Bonded from the time we got into the jury room. The rules were that everyone was on a first name basis. I was impressed with my fellow jurors um, and how they conducted themselves. Because, you know, you meet people and you tend to think, oh, this person does this kind of job or he or she's retired or, geez, they were, you know, they were kind of rubbing me the wrong way in, in casual conversation and so forth. Um, and yet when it came to actually... 
George seems like kind of a judgmental prick. Doing the business of uh, deciding the facts of the case, I think people were uh, very serious about it. I think they were fair. Um, and I think they, they took their responsibility seriously. Everybody had to say, I mean, we basically, um, you know, we would point at somebody, we had our juror numbers and we would point, you got something? And everybody had to say something on every issue we brought up and talked about. There was no chance to remain silent. We made a point of going around the room and making sure that everybody did say something, even if it was just a word of agreement um, or a word of disagreement to make sure that everybody was heard. But I think it's important for even even people who are introverts, and I tend to be one myself, to make a point to make your opinion heard when you're in that deliberation room because um, everybody's opinion counts. Okay, this is part I was confused on and a little bit concerned about because I was like, this is the part where I was like, is this like the extent of the education we get as jurors? And if so, I was like, is is there no structure? Is there like nobody who's in the jury room and is like, okay, so usually what people will do is go, you know, like when it comes time to make the decision, does someone come in there and be like, all right, so here's, here are some ways you could choose. Like you could discuss each witness slash piece of evidence and everybody should say something, even if it's just like agree or disagree. Um, but you know what I mean? Is like, does anybody give you some kind of decision-making structure of like, well, I wouldn't flip a coin. That seems like a bad idea. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like they could just give you a simple setup like that. Like everybody needs to go around the room and say something, even if it's just, I'm feeling this way or I'm going that way. Um, or if they want to say more, they can't, but you know what I mean? Something? Do they give you something like that? <laughs> Or is it just like a free-for-all and it's just like, eh, fuck it. Like, you know what I mean? Somebody's like, well, uh, I'm ready to get out of here, so how about we all just stay guilty? Welcome. I'm Chief Judge Michael Martinez. I've presided over many trials, and in every case, my goal was to ensure that justice was served. Our system of justice works well because of people like you, devoting your very important time. Well, but I mean, couldn't it work because of people like me? not people who are me. And energy. I'm Judge Karen Ashby. Serving as a juror is not only a great responsibility, but also a great opportunity. Today, you'll get an inside look into how your system of justice works and why it's such a treasured cornerstone of our country. You know, I was watching something the other day and someone was talking about how having like uh, a horrible uh, health issue and they were like, you know, um, a lot of people will come out the other side of that sort of thing being like, you know, a positive part of that was like I learned what's important to me. Like I learned the importance of family or I learned this or that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, why are we talking about jury duty that way? I mean, like I'm bitching about it a lot, but I'm like, it's not like this is some horrific thing. It's a huge waste of time and it's super inefficient and dumb, but like, it's not like a horrible trauma to be on a jury. You know what I mean? And I'm like, why are we talking about it? Like, Hey, you know, there's maybe a silver lining to this. And it's like, no, there's really not. But like, whatever. I'm judge John Marcucci. Most people begin serving on a jury because they were selected and had no other choice. Most again, most. 
So I could just choose to be on a jury? Is that what that's saying? I mean, I guess you probably could, right? I'm sure you could probably contact the court and be like, uh, you know, I, I want to get my jury shit out of the way this year, so here we go. However, many complete their service with a sense of accomplishment and gratification. I'm Chief Justice Nancy Rice. When this country was founded, one of the most important... Since the dawn of time, Nancy Rice is doing a middle school essay. Let's start with since let's start with 250 years ago. And you know, that'll kill some time. Certain rights that was secured by the Constitution was the right to trial by jury. This right allows people to resolve their disputes without violence and without fear that the people making the decision well, or sometimes it lets people resolve their problems with violence and then have a consequence of that violence. Decisions have a stake in the outcome. In other words, the right to a trial by jury guarantees that decisions are made by reasonable, impartial, and fair members of the community. The most important decisions made in a courtroom are made by you, the jury. Your role in the courtroom is more important than the roles of the lawyers and even the role of the judge. Is it? Is it, though? So, like, they went to, I don't know, several years of law school and did all that stuff. And I watched an 18-minute video with Ed Sardella. But my role is more important. My role is more important. But, you know, I'm here for a cattle call. I, I don't know, guys. Because when members of the community come together as a jury and see the evidence in the same way, there's great confidence in their decision. Being on a jury is a major event. It's the camera is like pulling away from the judges uh, and Nancy's still talking. This is like the jury video equivalent of playing her off. It's democracy in action. Thank you. The judges and parties are now attending the last minute details preparing for the trial. Your jury commissioner will tell you what happens next. Thank you for your attention and your service. All right, so I, I watched that whole video. Uh, then the lady comes out and she's like, okay, so um, first thing, I'm going to call some numbers and all of these folks are going to be headed to a different building where hopefully it's a little warmer. So she goes through the numbers and my number is one of the ones called. So they call, you know, they're like, uh, when I, if I call your number, say here and stand up and come out in the hallway and I'll wait in the hallway. So we're all waiting out there. And then she goes through the numbers or the numbers and is like, this time when I call your number, say your last name. She does it again. And then she's like, okay, so all of, all of us in the hallway, um, you're excused because we only need 130 and we had more than that show up today. So you can just leave now. Your jury duty's done for the year, for the calendar year. And I was like, oh, that's kind of unfortunate because it's like late November. So I'm like, well, for the next six weeks, I can be totally sure. Um, but she's like, so you all get to leave. And this lady, everybody in the hallway is like, yeah. And there's a little light clapping. And this lady next to me goes, fuck yeah. And, you know, we all take off. Um, 
which is it was so funny because I was like, we just watched this video about how like, oh, you know, jury duty's not that bad. And like you can get something out of it and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like the second she's like, all right, you guys can leave. It's like, fuck, yeah, get the fuck out of here. You know, everybody don't let the door hit you on hit me on the way out. I guess everyone was pumped that no one looked disappointed that they were leaving. But like the real hell of jury duty, in my opinion, is like uh, I got back to my car at 930. So basically I wasted two hours of my life for nothing. Yeah, I didn't need to be there. I didn't need to watch that video. By the way, they could have called us out in the hallway and been like, we don't need you. I mean, I think the other purpose of this video, honestly, is because motherfuckers were filtering in like the entire time the video is playing. Right. I feel like it's to allow people some time and like I get it, you know, I get showing up five, ten minutes late. Okay, but like there were the last person to show up probably was there around 830 and I was like. Listen, like <laughs> that's awfully late. You know what I mean? That is pretty damn late. I'm not like the most on time person. And even for me, I was like, okay, like why? But uh, yeah, so it's like you get out of it and it's like I got out of jury duty. Like I would 100% say, no, I didn't have to do anything. You know, I got out at the earliest opportunity that you can get out having still showed up and it was still two hours of my life completely wasted. You know what I mean? And you're like, I mean, you, there's no more efficient way to run this. It's just the most inefficient process in the world. And it's like jury duty. Here's the thing, Ed Sardella and makers of this video. I'm like, I think people would probably have less disdain for jury duty if it wasn't such a colossal waste of time. Like, why don't you make this a more reasonable process that is not a huge waste of time and that values the time? You know, you're like, you guys are so valuable and it's so important that you're here. And it's like, well, maybe act like it then. Maybe pay me more than $50 a day if I'm on a jury, by the way. Uh, maybe just make it the law that your employer has to pay you your regular wage for being on jury duty because ain't nobody making $50 a day. Okay. Fuck off with that shit. Anyway, that's jury duty. That's uh, that's so my second jury duty experience. Uh, still wasted time. Less time was wasted. So you know, maybe maybe they'll get more efficient. And next time I'll go and I'll only have like ninety minutes of my time wasted. <laughs> but this is the other big thing. And if anybody is listening to this who is in any way able to change this. Just break up the the stuff. You know what I mean? Make the video like five minutes long and just be like, here's what's going to happen next. And then just make another one. It's like, okay, so now you're at this part. Here's what's going to happen next. And then you've been selected for a jury. Now that I'm selected for a jury, it's important for me to know a lot of these things, right? And skip the parts that are like, I thought maybe this would be a waste of time, but it actually turned out to be a good, ex forget the part where you're trying to change my mind. I showed up. Okay. I showed up and it's like, um, I'm trying to think of, there was something that I went to and it was like, 
I don't know. It's like when you go to a college class and a bunch of people don't show up one day and the, the instructor is like, where is everybody? Why isn't, why aren't people in class? Don't they know it's important to come to class? And I'm like, look at, I came, I'm here. I can't answer these questions for you. I made the choice to come. So I can't really explain why other people made a different choice. Okay. Um, what the fuck? Anyway, hopefully I won't have to do that ever again. Uh, hopefully next time a jury duty summons comes, someone will be able to respond and be like, he is in the grave and uh, <laughs> cannot do jury duty. I always try and look for the plus side of death, and uh, I guess that's one. All right. We'll see you next time, everybody. You're not going to say it. Somebody should. Let's talk about two time. Let's talk about bum one, yeah. Asking the questions that nobody could. Like, where are they?